Good morning and welcome back to the show. Are you smart enough is the question that I'm asking. And I'm not asking you, the listeners, I'm asking hip hop and I'm asking all of these up and coming, these new rappers, these aspiring rappers. Are you smart enough to realize the games that are being played with you guys and the game that has been going on since hip hop's inception years ago when the hip hop culture was looked upon as nothing but savagery and negative music and it was a a, a scapegoat for white America to say that it was a cause for all the violence and everything going on in this country. So now big business finds it profitable to exploit hip hop exploit all of the plights that are coming from all of these young rappers, all of these individuals from the inner cities, and they're finding a way to make money off of it now, something that they once deemed to be public enemy number one, next to John Dillinger and Al Capone. So my question to you, hip hop, and you new guys out here, is this, are you smart enough to realize the game that is being played with you? Are you smart enough to figure out a way not to continue to be played? Good morning. Episode 11, First Word Podcast. As always, your boy, First Letter. Let's get into this. You know, with me taking these breaks a week and a half to sometimes two weeks at a time between episodes, I get a chance to really ingest a lot of fuckery that's going on out here with a lot of you new hip hop niggas, man. And I have to honestly say that I don't like it and I'm not for any of this bullshit that has been going on lately with the new artists, you know, beefing and artists um, foolery and a bunch of cooning that's been going on is something that's being profited from with these record labels and these record execs. Now. Every time I go on social media or I hit up some other entertainment platform, I'm always seeing the same shit. It's rappers beefing with each other. It's some new rapper from this place or it's existing rappers beefing. Now, this is nothing new, but it's just sickening because of how long shit like this has been going on within the hip hop community, within this culture. And this episode is going to be focusing more on the divide and conquer tactics that a lot of these said culture vultures are actually utilizing to make money off of these young kids that are coming up who aren't business savvy, who do not know the business, who aren't smart enough to realize that they are just pawns in a bigger game. Okay, so I'm going to start years ago and I'm going to take it down to when I was a kid and two very important figures in hip hop that I lost and that I'm proud enough to say that I was alive during the time that they, you know, had their careers short lived that it was. And I'm speaking about Tupac Shakur and I'm speaking about Biggie Smalls. Now, for the younger people out here who don't know who these gentlemen are, these are two artists, two individuals who were taken from us 
way ahead of their time and before they can even peak and hit their prime in their careers. Now, like a lot of the shit that's going on out here with a lot of you new niggas, there was a sensationalized beef or feud that, you know, got blown out of proportion thanks to mass media coverage, um, you know, the news and also a lot of dealings within the music industry, because like I said, the record execs profit off of beef. You know, at one point or another, Tupac and Biggie Smalls, they were close friends. They were pretty good. You know, they were decent with each other, I think up in, to the point where Big and Pac used to come out and they used to do sets at each other's shows early on. And I'm talking about like 91, 92 um, before shit started getting a little sour between them around 93 and when they kind of like parted ways completely and ended their relationship in 94 after the whole quad shooting. But, you know, I take a step back into my past and I look at this Tupac and Biggie incident and I think to myself, if Cooler Heads would have interjected and you know, got in the middle of this situation and tried to mediate or try to broker some type of deal, um, I think we would still have these two gentlemen around to this day. And I never have and I never will believe that these two were actually killed over some hip hop shit. But I'm not going to go into the conspiracy theories because that's not what I want to do with this episode. My point in bringing up Biggie and Tupac is this. It seems like no matter how tragic the losses that we have within the hip hop culture, nothing changes. Like we we've had some really devastating losses, man, with with Pac and Big just being like ones that really hit hard because it's over 20 something years now. And I'm still here sitting and, and I'm talking about these two brothers. But we are learning nothing as a culture from their deaths. And for the younger generation, you guys aren't learning anything with the passing of XXX Tentacion. And you have to realize that you as an artist, you are worth way more to the record execs and the record companies that are signing you to these slave deals. You are worth way more to them dead than you are alive. You are worth way more to them when you are publicly beefing with another artist. Okay, because you have to understand something, too. If you're someone who's aspiring to get into the music industry, understand that you do not need a record label, first of all. And uh, a brother of mine, Nipsey Hussle, has been saying this shit for years. Independent is the best way for you to control your career to be, excuse me, the best way to actually control your destiny moving forward. Now. The music industry is failing in terms of record labels and the numbers because it's all a numbers game and that's what keeps them afloat. So they have to think of more cunning strategies to exploit the artists and to rip them off basically and get money. So now it comes down to streaming and now all of the artists are getting fucked out of their streams. Um, it takes a certain couple hundred thousand streams to even equate to, I guess, uh, a certain amount of points 
that the artist is entitled to before they can see royalties off of it. So it's a dirty game. And I, and I ask a lot of the young brothers that approach me sometimes with music and music questions. And I ask them, what is it about a record label that excites you? What, what about that situation makes you get up in the morning and say, this is something that I want to do. I want to wake up and I want to be a slave. I want to wake up and I want somebody to have my day plotted out for me, telling me where I have to go, um, you know, who, who to collaborate with, which studio that they want me to record in, the engineers that they want to set me up with. And most importantly, why the fuck would you not want to control your masters? It's astonishing. You know, the music business is failing on the side of the labels. It's a losing battle because now people are starting to realize what guys, again, like Nipsey Hussle has been saying for years. And even Prince, if you want to get really deep, Prince has been saying it for years that you have to break this middleman shit and you have to break free from the control of these labels because that's all it is. It's all a control system, because if you don't own anything, you're a slave. And I don't understand why a lot of you new guys are coming out here. You're grinding in the streets and you end up on a record label inside of a shitty ass 360 deal. But that's beside the point, because now I'm going off into something else. So I'm just saying this. The record labels don't care about you. You are just a cash cow to them. OK, as long as they can profit off of you, they can profit from something that's going on. Um, mainly tragedy, because it seems like reality shows these days and what's going on in a rapper's personal life, they kind of go hand in hand with one another. And the record labels are kind of utilizing the tactics that they use when they try to pump this reality TV shit into us. They're using it with the music now, because I've said before that a lot of the artists that you listen to, they are not really as gangster as they like to portray themselves to be with the music that they're putting out. A lot of it is all image. A lot of it is all cosmetic. They take a lot of, how should I put it? They take a lot of nerdy ass kids from middle class areas because a lot of these kids aren't really from the ghettos that they claim to represent. Okay, that's another thing too. They take a lot of these nerdy ass dweebs and they mold them into what they feel like the image should be. And they have to promote a certain type of um, narrative and they have to give a certain type of message within their music. And most of the times, 90% of the time, it's always negative or something that's self-destructive. Um, you know, I spoke about Leo Cohen in the last uh, episode, but one thing that I didn't mention, and I don't know why it totally escaped me, was the fact that you know, he was asked a very important question by Charlemagne and signing artists that are promoting drug use, that are promoting drinking lean, that are promoting popping pills, Xanax, um, Percocet, um, Oxycontin and all this type of shit. So promoting artists that have drug habits and promoting artists that are promoting this within the culture, he has no problem with it because it's money to him. He has a family to feed. Okay. Although I respect him for his honesty, it should be a message for all of you guys that are aspiring to be artists out here. 
so that you can know the type of mindset that a lot of these executives and a lot of these big shots at these labels have and the way that they see you. They don't look at you as the individual. They look at you as a cash cow again. So, you know, going back to the way I open this up, a lot of buffoonery and I'm seeing a lot of nonsense out here with a lot of you new guys, man. And like I said, you guys are not learning anything from what has been happening, the tragedies, the rappers that we've been losing and this beefing shit. You know, it, it's it's nonsense. And the people that are really sitting back and laughing at you guys are these record execs. Because one thing that you might not understand is that everything works in conjunction with something else. These record label execs, the guys that run the labels, I'm not talking about the guys that are putting the money up that are funding the labels, but the guys that are actually um, who have their signature on top of it, who are the owners of these labels these guys are the same guys that are at country clubs with the heads of private prison organizations um you have politicians and stuff like that they all rub shoulders with one another and they have a long lineage of people who have exploited and taken advantage of black and brown people throughout years within this country okay so understand that so coming off of this uh this this lengthy introduction here and still staying on topic of the 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 beefing and all of this buffoonery that I'm seeing out here within the hip hop I have to talk I have to talk once again excuse me about Takashi 69 and his new issues it seems like Whatever label, I can't remember what label Takashi is a part of, what, what print or what brand he's um, affiliated with. But they know that the musical content that they're trying to struggle, and I, and I use the word struggle, that they're trying to struggle with him to put together and put out here, it isn't strong enough to actually uh, make its mark. You know, when he came out with Gummo and, and a few of his other earlier records you know he had it because you know that drive was there and you know he was a new artist coming into his own but it just seems like as of late all he has to do is just be in the media and he gets recognized for the stupid shit and the most negative shit that he's doing now this is not him because i'll tell you like this that kid that you see with the rainbow hair and again with the red rags and screaming blood this and blood that that's not who he really is internally this is something that was manufactured by the system okay and he doesn't realize that the same system that's bringing him uh all of this um fame and all of this um this light these are the same people that are feeding him to the wolves uh so to speak because now he has a situation to where he could be facing three years in prison because of you know the wrongdoings and his missteps and again, it's uh, it's an example of the young rappers not paying attention and only being concerned with the monetary shit, the monetary gain, all of the glittery shit, rather than to see the bigger picture and what's really at stake and what's happening within their lives. And it's sad because, you know, 
I give Takashi maybe the end of this year until he burns out completely and the hip hop community is done with him and his record label is finished with him and they cast him to the side like they do so many artists and they have done in years prior. But I will say this about Takashi. I've had the pleasure of chatting back and forth with the young man during the time of X's passing, you know, just to get his thoughts with the two of them being friends. And, you know, Takashi is smarter. He's a very smart young man, and he's smarter than what a lot of people may think about him. You know, he's very intelligent, and in some circumstances, he can be self-aware, but I just don't think he's self-aware to the point where he's realizing or he doesn't realize, excuse me, what's going on with the situation that he's in um, in regards to the label that he's signed to and even his management. Like this whole situation with him and Treyway is getting very, very ugly. But for the sake of appearances and maintaining an image, himself and Shadi, the guy that you always see him with, they have to, you know, they have to keep this 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 facade going like everything is everything and shit is all good between himself and Treyway because I don't know if unless you follow his career like that he's not really moving the same way that he used to you don't really see him too much with a mob of these blood niggas from out here and now Takashi has armed security these guys look like ex-navy seals ex-marine vets that are traveling with him in packs every single day. So, and even with that robbery situation, there wasn't much light that was shed on that. And you got to ask yourself why he didn't want to cooperate with the police during their investigation. And, you know, what, why nothing came about, you know, all of that. And just out of nowhere, his jewelry magically reappeared. You know, so I, I pray for the young man, you know, because... I don't want to see anybody getting hurt. I don't condone violence, especially within our culture, within this community. I, I really hate the fact that we have so much of it already that's happening aside from the entertainment business. But I just wish that he would be smart enough to realize the the game that is actually being played with him. And, you know, just being a little wise enough to know who really has his back and who's in his corner uh, apart from who isn't? Okay, so moving off of this Takashi shit and, you know, you new rappers and everything like that. Something that I wanted to speak about um, is this whole Amorosa White House tapes being leaked. And for those of you who might not know who this woman is, but she has had somewhat of a roller coaster relationship with Donald Trump and coming from his show at one point well it wasn't his show but a show that that was aired uh, some years back called The Apprentice and I believe she was the winner of the contest and she became like his his personal aide or his assistant or some shit like that but it even went as far as Donald Trump bringing Amarosa with him into the White House and I'm not going to get into the, all of the logistics of what her role was because I never followed 
what she was doing because I never gave a fuck about Donald Trump or his campaign. I didn't care anything about it. And even to this day, I don't give a shit about what's going on in that White House. Um, but recently, she's put out some tapes, some leaks, if you will, exposing Donald Trump. And I guess in her words, which would be um, dropping a bomb or bombshell on the people and exposing him for shit that we already know Trump to be a racist, a bigot and a misogynist. You know, but I find it kind of funny that Amarosa would choose to do something like this at this particular point in time when she has been in such close proximity to Trump and his family and his campaign for some time now. You know, she's been there for a while. So now what I'm thinking is it's a situation to where a master is no longer patting you on your head and you're not his favorite coon anymore. So now you're looking to throw dirt on him and you're looking to throw shade on him. I mean, we see this time and time again because anyone stupid enough to actually follow Trump into the White House to be on his campaign, knowing that he was a racist, a bigot, and a misogynist before he actually gained presidency, you're stupid enough to go into a situation like that. Do not complain when the tables get turned on you and he starts to point all that racist bigotry and all that misogynistic behavior when he starts to direct it towards you. You know, and for someone like Amarosa, I don't know what her political views are. I really do not follow this woman. I'm not going to disrespect her because I don't believe in disrespecting black women like that. Or, or at all, excuse me. But I'm just going to say this. I have not known her to ever speak on any issues that had anything to do with our culture. I have not known her to ever speak on any issues that have had anything to do with our communities or our people as a whole. Okay, you have to think about the mindset that this particular person has to actually follow someone like Donald Trump, right? From being a reality TV um, contestant, if you will, to having an interpersonal relationship with this guy and actually supporting him throughout his whole entire campaign with everything that was going on, all of the, the, the racial tension, um, you know, all of the, 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 the huge shit show, basically, that was Donald Trump's run into the White House. You have to think about what mentality this woman has in the first place. So it's a bit selfish, and this is the way I'm looking at it. It's a bit selfish for her now to want to come out with leaks or want to come out with tapes exposing these people who you were once ponying up to and you were smiling around and you were so appreciative of the so-called acceptance that you believe you had within that circle. It doesn't make any sense now for you to throw shade at anybody because honestly, it makes you look a little stupid. You know, it, it, not a little stupid. I'll take that back. It makes you look very stupid, Amorosa. It makes you look very stupid, okay? And I'm tired of seeing numerous uh, occurrences where you have these African-American men and women 
that sell out and they side with master all the time. And as long as they're getting their fair shake, if you will, and as long as they're in favor of master, they keep their mouth shut about the ills and everything that is going on um, with them. So now it just seems like she's being a woman scorned. She's upset because you're no longer the favorite Negro in the house. You know, again, this all goes, you know, in accordance to the title of this episode today. Are you smart enough to realize the games that are being played with you? You know, for someone like that to really look at Donald Trump, look at his family or just look at the lineage of men who have come before Donald Trump and who are in that mold of the racist, the bigot and the misogynist. Why would you develop a mindset to want to follow someone like that, to want to support someone like that? And that is not someone who speaks to your ethnic group, who doesn't speak to your community, who doesn't speak to your people, other than to say that certain ethnic countries are shitholes or to um, speak negatively and to outright call someone like a LeBron James or any of our popular, um, very uh, influential people in today's society, dumb, you know, for lack of a better word, because he can't use the word that he wants to use, which he probably which he probably uses in private anyway. Why would you want to follow someone like that? And it says a lot about your mentality. So my overall thoughts about this whole Omarosa leaking these tapes I can honestly, I don't give a shit about it. And she just looks like the person with egg on her face now because this is what you get when you always go out of your ethnic circle and you go out of your community and you go elsewhere, you go seeking acceptance and you go seeking um, approval from someone who's not for your culture, someone who's not for your people, someone who's not for your communities, this is what you get. So I don't give a shit about this Omarosa situation, her leaking these tapes, because when it counted, you know, when it was time for you to speak up about something other than, you know, any any situation that deals with yourself, you you haven't really stepped up and you haven't said anything. So now you're looking to gain sympathy or I don't know what it is that you're looking to gain by doing this shit it just seems like you know you're an opportunist and and it seems like that's her personality to me again this is my opinion but i don't buy it i'm not you know i'm not really gonna even talk about this situation past today's episode and once i'm actually done here i'm never gonna speak about this amorosa shit again because you get what you pay for basically and i feel like this is the case with her Now, in terms of the Trump family offering her hush money to silence her or whatever the case may be, that is not even anything that I find interesting either because, yeah, it happens. They have an image to uphold and this is what what the game is. And she's supposed to know that someone who's actually come off of the heels of being a reality TV personality. You have to understand it's an image. There's an image that the Trumps have to maintain. We all know that he's a racist. We all know that he's a bigot. We all know that he's misogynistic. 
But if you have more proof other than what we know of already, they don't want to tarnish, you know, his image already, which isn't that good for the most part. It isn't that good anyway. But that yes, they're going to keep you. They're going to try to keep you quiet. And it showed the respect or the lack thereof that they had for Amarosa because I believe the hush money that they offered her was only $15,000 a month. And that's a huge spit in the face. And that goes to show you what they actually think about her. Because a family like the Trumps who are rich, who are, I'm not going to even say rich. Sorry, I can't use that word. Who are wealthy beyond fucking belief to only offer $15,000 to someone to keep their mouth shut and to do so on a monthly basis, it shows the type of disrespect and it shows what they think about you as an individual. So again, Amarosa, the joke is on you. And with that sound there, we have reached the conclusion of today's episode. I want to thank you guys again for tuning in with me this week. I will be back soon with episode 12. I'm trying not to take so long in between episodes because I don't want to lose you guys because I know that you guys have the fucking attention span of flies. But um, I do appreciate you again, as always. And before I go, I have to put out this short disclaimer again. Any musical content that you hear on any of the episodes of this show, you will only hear it if you tune in using the Anchor FM app or if you go on anchor.fm.com and you search the show First Word Podcast. Apple Music, they cut out all of the musical content that I try to give to you guys and Spotify does the same thing because we do not have the license rights to any of the music that we use okay so big shout out to anchor for doing that it really really helps in the transitioning and it also helps the show and it pushes us farther along so thank you again to anchor and uh, also want to say to any artists that are out there any singers rappers whatever it is that you do musician if you want to promote your music or let's say if you are a clothing brand or you are doing everything above and you want to promote on our show, feel free to hit us up on the email at firstwordpodcast at gmail.com. All right. As always, this is your boy, First Letter, First Word Podcast. I'm out. <laughs>